Welcome to Footnotes, a behind-the-scenes look at what we value and why it matters here at Footnote Church in Glendora, California. All right, well, we are back at it today with our friends Ike and Brian. Welcome, guys. Hi, Stephen. Hey, man. Hey, Isaac. Brian. What's up, man? Oh. <laughs> All right. So there's that. Ike is our, our worship minister, and, and Brian is our student minister. Uh, welcome back, guys. We're, we're dipping our toe back into a little bit of pop culture today, and we're talking about actually WandaVision. Which just recently streamed on Disney Plus, and um, probably also important just to state off, right off the bat that this is will this will actually contain spoilers. So yeah. we're not going to do this whole version without trying to. That'd just be really difficult. So um, everything but you should have watched it by now. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, you've had at least a month to finish it. So uh, everything's on the table here. And so yeah, if you haven't seen WandaVision yet, go back home, watch the series, and then listen to this podcast. So, spoiler alert. WandaVision released January 15th of this year and released in weekly episodes. Actually, let's talk about that for a minute. Do you guys enjoy watching kind of what Disney Plus has been doing with Mandalorian and WandaVision in terms of like an episode at a time? Or do you prefer more of that Netflix just data dump? So, personally, I I kind of hate it. I mean, like, I don't have any patience. And so, the, I want to watch the whole one? show. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. 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 What, what, we're in 2021. Man. Sure. I want to watch sure. the entire thing, like, now. You're very entitled, Brian, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to me now. <laughs> yes. um, I want it right now. <laughs> but I do think it added a lot to the enjoyment uh, yeah. of watching it in week by week. I yeah. mean, you get that whole, like, you talk about it with your buddies, sure. you watch yeah. the stuff. It gave me something to look forward to in my, my dull, dull life. And so, yeah, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you just had a baby. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're, you're all my life, yes, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'll take the high road. I I, I love. Um... Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but you know, first thing, for the sake of the artists, they put like Stranger Things. They put so much work and heart into those shows, and people just go fly through it. Sure. And they're like, yeah. I don't even remember what episode that was. Yeah. You know, it was, and all they can remember is like the very beginning, and the end. And I also, you know, there's a lot of memes of like. You see these memes of like of like a couple, a married couple in bed, and she's like, "I wonder what he's thinking about." Something really terrible, and he's like <laughs> trying to figure out the last episode of his TV show or something like that. But I, I sit there and I think about shows, yeah, you know, and it gives me a chance to kind of work through it, and I appreciate it more that way. You're right. I think I'm just a little bit deeper, more appreciative about things yeah. in general. You're very, what the heck, man? you're very. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a better person than Brian is. Yeah. Well, he he did start that off by saying, "I'm going to take the high roads." Yeah, <laughs> like, literally. Like, oh, I'm almost forty years old. I'm more mature. <laughs> yeah, that sounds exactly like Ike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 40, it's time for my nap, dude. <laughs> yeah, I I think that I would also probably there's a um, a sense that I would love to see them all, but I do think that forcing us to slow down on the pace and, and watch it over time is is better for me personally. Um, let's get to it though. WandaVision, just general thoughts. Did you guys enjoy the series? Was it something that you enjoyed watching it or just even after the fact? I was so thankful for it because it was bold. Yeah. Hollywood had been just re- rebooting things forever. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, with every episode, every every new Marvel show, every new movie, I kind of feel like I'm, they did with Star Wars. They kind of gave us everything we ever wanted. Like yeah. new Star Wars movies, all these new comic book characters coming to life. I'm getting so saturated, mm-hmm. and so when I uh, when I saw this, like really, like what on earth are they doing here? Yeah. I, I could almost imagine somebody saying, "Let's do this, let's do this," but really, when I saw that sitcom idea. Man, that was bold. Yeah. So I loved it. Uh, I really enjoyed watching it. I had a fun time. Uh, yeah, going every week and watching it with Steph. That was kind of like our little. Yeah, sad date night. But it was really fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> Brian, we're going to have to be careful because you've already described your life as being really bad <laughs> in other settings too. So, Love you, babe. Uh, 
Going back though, um, yeah, I watched it again a little bit, and I think it was it was good. I mean, for the first like Disney Plus series that they put out there, yeah, solid. I think there's a lot of holes. Uh, there's a lot of nitpicks that I have. I think I'm pretty like snobby though when it comes to TV, so I don't think it was perfect by any means. But yeah, it was it was a really fun, good good watch for sure. Yeah, and I think actually when you ha- when you're that bold of a show like that, there will be more holes. And I, I, that, that's mm. almost like a, like if you were if I were the executive producer like hat on. That's something. You, that's a risk you take. I actually don't think they were that bold. I think it seemed so kind of out there. But the more you got into it, the more you're like, oh, this is kind of like they actually played it pretty safe, considering yeah. when you get to the end. Like if we if we talk more spoilers and stuff, I thought they were going to go further, and they, and they didn't. I did feel like they could have kind of like hung on to the the mystery of of not allowing people to see behind the curtain a little bit for another episode or two. That I'm going to kind of fun to see how long they would have strung that out a little bit, but. Yeah, I, you talked about the format a little bit, but just even thinking about moving from decade to decade through TV, you know, did that make it nostalgic for you at all, for your youth? Like, what, what was your favorite TV shows growing up as a kid? Yeah, well, I kind of just, when you're a kid, you kind of just a lot of times watch what your parents watch. Yeah. And my mom was a huge, like, I Love Lucy fan. So a lot, apparently it was based, I think, on the Dick Van Dyke show, which for some reason I did, hadn't seen that as much. But but yeah, uh, it made me just kind of appreciate they worked really hard even to get the, the humor timings down. Mm-hmm. And people laughed at stuff differently. Yeah. I remember Jessica, uh, she lived in Thailand for a little while uh, teaching English and doing things. And she said people there were still loving slapstick comedy when right. we had all moved on to sarcasm. Right. So it was refreshing just to see something done in a different style. So I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think the uh, what, I, what I noticed immediately was just how the, the actors, they pivoted really well mm-hmm. to being in each session like in each uh, decade anyway yeah. uh, I was just like wow they're actually pretty decent actors they obviously looked really good yeah. in the older style like yeah. you could tell mm-hmm. like the way that the they way they built their facial structure you know her hair right. like it, they, they really serve that older style really well and yeah. I think it's probably what was good at work they worked kind of chronologically yeah, yeah. For sure. I got they got the aesthetics down really really well yeah. that was fun to watch all the theme songs and stuff were cool the commercials right. all that stuff is really fun yeah yeah well let's kind of step back a little bit and just talk more broadly about this Brian maybe give us the description so what is WandaVision and how does it fit into the current kind of overall MCU universe yeah so you mentioned this earlier so it's on Disney plus so this is if, if you follow the MCU they know you know they did this in phases so like phase one is when they started things off with Iron Man they capped it off with Avengers then they got further and further this is phase four where they're doing a lot of their content on Disney plus on their exclusive streaming service and this is the first one to launch it chronologically this takes place after Avengers Endgame so Mm -hmm. if you're watching that the whole thing with Thanos that whole saga ends and this kind of deals with the ramifications of what happened in their story and so the main characters are Wanda Maximoff and Vision and it kind of follows um, their whole story and so it starts off like we said things are really weird out of nowhere they're in a sitcom and it keeps changing eras totally different from everything else we've seen in the MCU so it's kind of this mystery wrapped in the whole superhero show and, and again yeah I thought they did a good job yeah for sure did you guys know much about uh, those characters Vision and Scarlet Witch beforehand you know I had Marvel trading cards growing up oh you did <laughs> they're called the Marvel masterpieces yeah. Joe Jusco drew them they're phenomenal like, they still hold up really well but you know frankly I mean I, I kind of knew of them yeah. but all these people act like, oh, yeah, I knew. I think most people are lying. I agree. I call I call BS on that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know, and we want to know why. It's because of YouTube. Yeah. And they, these guys on YouTube, it's like, you know, 10 million views, like a nine minute recap. And the guys are quoting stuff like, there's no way you know. You're like 16 years old. Right. Is there, I, I feel like you're really passionate about this. Is there somebody you want to call out personally right now? <laughs> like, is there somebody by name you want to say? You know, it's, it's the same. You know what it is, actually? It's actually a frustration because I felt like I was into this stuff and I don't know it. It's like, yeah. when, you, it's like when you play video games against a young kid and he whoops you. You know, yeah. you know, you're just good because you do this all day. Right. 
you're, you're, I'm tying into that like frustration. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm letting go of that part of it my was, life. It's, it's like they're getting all the benefit of the knowledge without doing all the hard work. Like we're like staring at our Nintendo Power magazines yeah. trying to figure out how to Seriously. do the code. Yeah. 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 Back in my day, I got made fun of for reading this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Now it's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's been a big shift overall. I mean, this whole MCU thing, it's been talked about quite quite often. But um, yeah, for, for me as a kid, I was super into X-Men, super into like Batman and Superman and um, I mean, it was it was a part of pop culture, but it was fringe in a lot of ways yeah. too. Um, and w- how about as far as just even looking at the whole series in general? What were some speaking of like kind of some nerd out moments for you guys? Was there any kind of moments in a, an episode that really stood out? Yeah, I am. Um, Brian, you mentioned it. The theme songs, like you know, every time they chose a different kind of sitcom from a different era, somebody literally went out and studied all like the shows that time and they wrote this little short minute and a half. They would have spent a yeah. lot of time of it just for just to get that small benefit. Yeah. There's a lot of Disney money there, right there. It they was, have but, some resources but it, there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's guys who probably like maybe would have got third place on the bid to get that one show. But they, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Actually, I'd like to see who did it, but they, I think they did a great job with yeah, that. The music. Yeah. yeah and I think, I, I think a thoughtful moment really was actually the, the last episode when we had uh spoiler, spoiler. Yep. Um, is the new vision mm-hmm. when the two visions talk to each other mm-hmm. and so many times you have like somebody shares a really good truth the good guy the bad guy just, yeah. like hears it and goes ah, no I'm just going to kill you in any kind of mentality but no no the other the other vision says we, I request elaboration and they have a good conversation and they like they come to an agreement like, like that just made me happy inside mm. good fuzzy feelings I, that, I thought that was wonderful just a change face that is cool for sure yeah yeah going off what you said i mean malcolm in the middle is one of my favorite shows and the fact they did the whole malcolm in the middle tribute was really cool and it was funny to see like that is a hundred percent totally yeah. malcolm in the middle uh that was great obviously the the pietro thing when he shows up isn't it it's an episode at the end of episode five i think is that one of this where the uh, Quicksilver Pietro from the X Men universe. He was good in that X Men. Like, he great. was really yeah. likable. Evan Peters is awesome. That slowdown scene, like that, was a hilarious, amazing. Was scene. that the first time that that had happened? Where yeah. like where they had the crossover? That was really a great clip for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, kind of a bummer how they bait and switch yeah. everybody. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why some were left with a sour taste in the, at the end of the series. But I thought it was really cool. In really the end, it was better it. because they. Nah, I don't know, man. Did they leave the door open though for a little bit of a? I mean, per- perhaps through Scarlet Witch's powers at the end, she could create still this kind of all. So, so to be more explicit, I mean, it's uh, w- with with uh, Pietro showing up that way. Right. It teased the sense that would there be a crossover to the X Men universe a little bit? Well, because... I, I think so because they're already talking about the uh, Spider Man movie coming out soon, where they're going to have all the guys who played Spider Man, yeah, uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, yeah, all those guys come together. I, part of me almost thinks. There's a business decision. They kind of just want to see how excited people get. Yeah. And if people really freaked out over this little fan service, little, like it's a bait and switch. They're like, let's just see how, how much people freak out. And if it's really good, okay, we're going to throw it. It does feel like MCU almost needs a little bit of a – it's crazy to say this because they're, they're so successful. But some kind of change up to – and by infusing X-Men characters into the MCU – it would be pretty neat, in my opinion. Yeah, people would go crazy. I don't think they're going to do it. I think the the Spider-Man thing, they've already confirmed they're going to have that multiverse, but it's going to go back to Sony in a couple of years, so they're going to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Strange has his whole, like, um, the madness of the multiverse. Yeah. So there'll, there'll be some stuff in there for sure, but I think they're going to start from scratch. So it, it just ended up being more of a cameo then for Quicksilver. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. the, it was that joke at the end that they did, yeah. Well, um, so obviously one of the, the, the big kind of theme throughout this whole series, and without kind of having to lay it all out uh, each episode at a time, but it becomes apparent through the series that this world is kind of an illusion, obviously, that Wanda has created uh, to deal grief. 
um, over losing Vision in was that in Endgame or was that in, um, it's in Infinity yeah, War? In Infinity War, Infinity yeah. War, yeah. So what's crazy is she actually she kills him to save the day, right. and then Thanos brings him back to life, and then he kills him all over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously, I, I think this is kind of where, for me anyway, I was watching the series. I watched it with with my son Owen and uh, Katie, and we very much enjoyed it, and it was it was a great experience. But then it started turning this kind of page towards. Oh, she's actually really dealing with some really serious stuff, and um, I, I thought we definitely kind of shift even just our conversation over to like just how people, how we in general, just distract ourselves from feeling things. You know, I think mm-hmm. um, it, it's almost kind of an interesting question. If you had unlimited resources and ability to distract yourself from grief or feeling pain, like how would you deal with that? You know, and what are some of the ways that we do that even in our own lives? Oh, yeah. I think we do things like we, we just dive into things like WandaVision. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, and obviously it's totally okay. We should enjoy arts. I think there's, there's beauty in that. And I think that's, that's a God's grace on humanity to create things and do that. But uh, we dive in. We binge. I, th- I, think, I think Netflix actually was very smart when they made things available right away. Is that mm. they just like someone who just wants to kind of escape, uh, they, they can just do that. And I've shared this a couple of times, but, you know, I think uh, Louis C.K., the comedian, talk, even to kind of talked about, we, we dive into social media, but there's one time he just said, I'm just going to withhold from all these things I distract myself with. And he just sat there for 20 minutes in his car. He just started crying. And, and the audience started laughing at him. He's like, you know, I, the thing was, so it was beautiful. I needed it. Cause I didn't, mm-hmm. He didn't realize how long he'd been kind of just pushing it aside, pushing right. it aside. So. Yeah, I, I, in a way, she was doing that. She was kind of just distracting totally. herself. Yeah, I think I think it's poignant too that um, it was a cheap imitation, right? And so she, one of the things we find out is that she kind of creates this vision out of thin air of her like own anguish and grief, and these kids kind of come out of that too. But it's it's just a cheap imitation. It's not the real mm-hmm. vision. It's not this real thing. And I think sometimes we do that too, right? Like. I don't know if someone's going through a breakup, there's that temptation to go for a rebound or to go for something where you get kind of like the feeling that you have something without kind of going through the full thing. And yeah, we we, we totally do that. I think distractions is a huge thing. It's it's hard for us to deal with our grief. It's hard for us to kind of like to do this out in the open. And so anything that we can just get kind of like the the feeling of it without the actual uh, substance there is definitely something that we run to. And I think we see that a lot with with students, Hmm. right? They go to social media to have the feeling of inclusion, to have the feeling of of this adventure without like really building these relationships. And so they kind of live vicariously through other people and, uh, and it's hollow. Yeah. Yeah, I also was struck by the fact that like Wanda herself, I wasn't sure if by the end she was self-aware the whole time or if she kind of became a little bit more jogged in a memory of like, oh, this is actually what I've done. And I think that's the same for us too as we kind of distract ourselves from feeling things, from feeling pain, from feeling uncomfort, discomfort. Um, you know, are we actually even aware that we've dove into like how, you know, is that the yeah, question actually, of like, I think you're, you're coming up on something that's happening on social media right now. Yeah. She, I think she wasn't really self-aware, but then when the people, she saw the people's faces. Yeah. Yeah. She realized this isn't good what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a problem with social media. We've talked about this a lot, but yeah. you know, if you're not seeing the people, so you can actually just keep digging and keep digging your hole yeah. and making it worse and worse. But when, if you could be face to face with the people, you would say, "Oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut this out," right. or they will right. cut it out. Right. Yeah, they're literally actors in her own mini universe, and they just stopped losing all their yeah. sentience. And so she, yeah, you're right. She has that moment. She's like, they're, "They're not hurting. They're at peace." And it's like, "You're no, that's not the case. Right. You're like totally. You're torturing us. Juan is the bad guy. She's the real villain. She, I think yeah, in the story. Is. And even yeah. these, these influencers that kids are looking at and think, "I want to be them." We don't see them. We like we we basically just see their little their little facade. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it's yeah, it's a 
Yeah, and I thought, actually, I thought that was very poignant when she saw their faces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the the impact of kind of grief on community. I mean, think about just yeah. if if any of us three would go through something really hard, uh, lose a family member, or, or kind of deal with a sickness, or it's going to have an impact on our kids, on our spouses, on the church that we're in. And so um, I just thought it was interesting to kind of see this very, you know, very secular look at how people deal with grief. And yet there's some very kind of truisms from scripture about how, man, there's there's some things that really impact community. I mean, you guys are just talking about it, but the entire city of Westview was transformed by Juana's grief. And they were kind of living this lie themselves. They had to kind of keep up. And when there was this kind of like stop, like pause moments, they would literally just break down crying just because they were so overwhelmed by like them being kind of entrapped a little bit. Um, have you guys seen that personally too? Just like the impact of grief on community? Absolutely. I mean, uh, there's a Toby Mac song, you know, speak life, speak life. It's from Proverbs. Basically like, you know, <laughs> Toby Mac reference. Hey bro, if you're listening, man, love your work. Thank you for what you've done for Christian music. But basically I'm a firm believer. We we're either uh, encouraging people. We're either, yeah. you know, uh, bringing our community up or we're kind of bringing it down. I don't really think there's much of a neutral. I think sometimes when we think we're neutral, we're mm -hmm. actually, we're actually bringing it down. Just to put you guys on the spot a little bit. I mean, can you guys even think of a time in your own life where maybe community was impacted by just hardship um, that you, you went through personally or you were affected by somebody else's grief? Kind of, yeah. So a, a little bit um, off what you're talking about, but when I was in high school, um, there is this really weird string of like, a couple years where there was a few deaths at the school. And mm. so there was one kid who uh, committed suicide. There was another kid who died in a car accident and someone who was sick. And so every time you kind of see, it kind of shook up the whole community. Even if we didn't know these people, the fact was like, we saw them at the very least, or we knew of them. And, and for some of us, it was, it was our friends. And the entire school, you kind of get this feeling of like, what do we do with this? I mean, we're, we're adolescents, you know, we're like, you know, in, in our teens and stuff. And I think a few things kind of give a feeling of helplessness as as grief as like a death because yeah. you know how many times when you hear something happen and like all you can do now i still feel kind of like what do i say to these people like is there if there's anything i can do how can i help you right. uh, but there's kind of that emptiness there and so yeah i, I remember feeling that in, in high school of like seeing how different people cope some just mm. cried some tried to make crass jokes to make it feel like yeah. we can move on from this other people just felt like i don't know what to do with this so i'm just gonna like doesn't apply to me i'm gonna focus on my schoolwork and stuff and right. so you feel this kind of like death is death is is wrong it's, it's not how it should be and yeah. so there's this thing in us that's like it's unnatural we don't know how to deal with it um and, and i think that brings us to the gospel mm -hmm. yeah chris um i'll probably butcher it but i always, I always love how he he shares at a funeral that there's a reason that death feels wrong right mm -hmm. like we are we are made to, to eventually live in eternity with christ mm -hmm. and there's a, there's like this sense of longing for something different yeah and the older i get you know when you're young you're just like oh god please don't you know, take me or come back before I can get married and have kids you mm -hmm. know, or see Star Wars rebooted, you know, or whatever, you know. <laughs> but when you get older and you actually wisen up and you see people go through really, really real stuff, like, man, I, I long for the redemption. Yeah. I long for the return yeah. of Jesus. Yeah, another area where we kind of saw on the show just how, how grief impacted other people was how Wanda tried to create this bubble for her kids mm -hmm. even too. And you guys are both parents and – you know, cannot relate to our parenting. Just as thinking about even, I wonder about even the pandemic. Just kind of like uh, trying to trying to preserve some semblance of normal or protection for our kids during hard times. You know, I, I definitely don't want a really, really small bubble. But what I do want, I want like a bubble with a little bit of a little doorway, a small doorway where you, it's kind of like where you can kind of watch things, let, let let your kid experience things, but you can be there very presently to have a very good discussion about it. Mm -hmm. Like Gabriel started playing soccer. 
over in Upland and the, some of the stuff he hears because he's in the he's 11 years old and the kids are up to 14. All kinds of stuff being talked about. Yeah. I'm just so glad that I get to drive him and it's like a 20 minute drive with traffic or 25 yeah. minutes and we can just actually talk about this stuff. And sometimes debrief. I, I love seeing his eyes when he realizes I'm not afraid to talk about stuff with him. Yeah. Like even sometimes like, what does this swear word mean? I'm like, oh, hey, I'll just, let me just tell you. Right. right. And then this is what we think. And this yeah. is how you're going to feel. You're going to feel different. Yeah. But this is why we think we think. And let me just tell you, it's you're going you're gonna to feel so much more richer. Right. You know, but, so you're saying it's an opportunity for just dialogue and just kind of like getting things on the table. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of like I said, I think controlled amounts is helpful. Yeah. You know, you know, vaccines are so hot right now, right? Yeah, but I think like <laughs> <laughs> they're so <laughs> they're all the rage. They're all the really? rage. Are you serious? <laughs> but uh, but really, it's kind Very of the mentality of like, yeah. what does a vaccine do? You get a little bit of it, and the body learns how to fight it. Yeah, that's kind of a, a parenting philosophy that Jessica and I have is want to allow a little bit in so we can kind of work on it. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you don't allow like really small amounts of really dumb things in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we take the same philosophy. Yeah. So we let Shep watch rated movies. Yeah. yeah. To show him. So yeah. like, yeah. Well, you start I, I, there and then you go down from there. Yeah. yeah, yeah I applaud yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. He's, he's two years old. He thinks ice cream is yogurt. So yeah, he's still very much in the, in the bubble. But uh, I mean, obviously you do have a, a, a you know, a finger on the pulse of just students and even just speaking to some parents right now, I think mm-hmm. that there's some parents who may even feel a little helpless when it comes totally. to, okay, there's this thing that's happened in our school or just in this context of pandemic and parents don't know how to equip their kids or engage them, you know, thoughtfully. Yeah, I think um, I think what Ike said is is so key. It really just does come down to open and honest communication. I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying like, hey, bud, I don't know if we're ready to talk about this thing yet, but kids are going to remember. I was just talking to a parent about this recently. Like, They're going to remember the, the conversations. They may not remember every single thing you say, but they're going to remember you taking time out to talk to them and, and kind of like train them through because – we, we have this this picture now that's been brewing in pop culture for a long time of the parent versus the teenager. But this is very antithetical, I think, to how the Bible portrays parenting. Like it's this idea of a parent walking their child through, showing them the way in which they should go. And so, hey, every teenager wants to know things. Every teenager has questions. And yeah. if you kind of buy into that story of, of shame and, and distance where they're not going to go to you, then, then they'll buy into that story also but they're going to get their answers somewhere. They're mm-hmm. going to go to Google. They're going to go to their friends. But if you kind of build this idea of like, look, man, I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to talk. Yeah. And if you make this like, it's a little bit on the parent to kind of do this regular thing. Like what you do, I could like just driving with them is huge. When they have that structure of like, hey, every Thursday, right. we're going to spend half an hour. We're going to talk about those things. Eventually that stuff will be, it will be occupied. They'll, they'll talk because they, they do want to know. They want to yeah. understand and they want to have a safe space. It's so scary to ask questions. Yeah. And so don't let Google parent your kids. Like be there and eventually they'll they'll open up to it for sure. And that's really sustainable yeah. long term. Yeah. I mean, it's in some ways, it's not realistic for, for Wanda to keep her kids in a bubble for this whole time. Eventually they're going to grow up and find out like, and it's going to be all be a lie. Totally. So yeah. it's better to kind of pop that bubble earlier. And that builds and, resentment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so kids, uh, so or I guess parents shouldn't tell their kids about Santa Claus either, right? That's probably <laughs> also on the same thing here too. Well, way to decide are these games or beliefs, and that that's you know that, oh, that, yeah. that's the great discussion. That's good. Well, we already talked about it a little bit, but let's talk a little bit more explicitly to, you know, as Christians, we grieve differently. You know, mm-hmm. as as Christians, we have a, a hope in the future that the non-believers don't even grasp. And so, you know, how does the Bible point us as Christians to grieve and how is that different from the rest of the world? Yeah, well, I mean, it says it, blessed are those who uh, who mourn for they shall be comforted. And, and I think we're also told too that the big aspect of this is that we're told to do this in community, yeah. right? If, if one of you is... Um, 
if one of you is Mormon, like you go around and you, you be a part of this with them. And so, yeah, I, I think there's so many different I, ideals that our culture has of like, we go to things to numb our pain or we do it on our own because we're strong enough. But, but the Bible is really, really clear. Like we were built to be in community. And so if someone is grieving, it should be done in community because I don't think we're equipped to do this on our own. And it's really easy to be like, okay, well, Hey, I'm, I'm sad about, I'm grieving something, but it's not like, you know, my, my spouse and my kids died. Maybe it's something on a smaller scale. That doesn't mean like you should still be a part of that in your community. And so that's why we, we stress things like being in a growth group, being in like some kind of gospel centered community, because you don't know when these things are going to strike. Right. And so having that already built around you is, I think God's way of, of, of making sure that we don't go through this type of thing alone. I mean, Wanda basically goes through this thing completely alone. She shoves people away. And so you have Monica Rambeau going back and forth, like, hey, let right. me help you. She almost has to force Wanda into it. And so Christians are almost commanded, like, hey, be a part of community in this. Mm. Yeah, and what the other the other blessing of being in community when you grieve is you're reminded that the best thing you can do is actually serve somebody else. I think a lot of times when I've felt really, really sad or very inward, mm-hmm. your first thought is, well, maybe I'll go... Um, think about this a lot or I'll go talk to somebody about myself but man if you go serve somebody else it's amazing how you start to refilter in your and your problems I don't want to say don't seem so big but you just look at them in a different way when you help other people yeah um, so I, a lot of times when uh, my when my kids have been really frustrated with each other and it's like oh, I'm just so I'm just so mad about this I'm so sad about this I'm like you know uh, hey lyric instead of, instead of just being really sad right now, I want you to go play with Tennyson and yeah. come up with a game for him to go play with. And man, that's just so helpful. And yeah. then you come back to your problems and those, there still, still will be a problem, but you just look at it in a new way. Mm. Yeah. And, and one, one more real quick thing yeah. is like the, the, the big difference for us as Christians is that we have hope, right? Right. There's nothing worse when you're going through something terrible and somebody says like, Hey, this happens for a reason or like, Hey, you'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. That sounds so hollow. But the great thing is when we're Christians is like, whether it's a death or whether it's something devastating that happens, like our ultimate hope is that this is not our home. Our ultimate yeah. hope is that our Redeemer is coming back and he will wipe away every tear and things will get yeah. better. And so that doesn't often ease the pain right now when it happens, but it gives us something knowing like, hey, God is still sovereign. He's still in control. And I still have my hope. His grace is sufficient. And those have been words that Steph and I have really had to hold on to at times. Like his grace is sufficient to bring us through. That's good. Yeah. Well, hey, we reviewed Exodus movies last month and talked about Marvel a bit today. And um, what what are some further encouragements, even to our little church folks, about you know watching, engaging in pop culture with, with with kind of scriptural eyes? Like how how do we how do we do that regularly? I, I think one thing that's important is just not to ex- want everything to be perfectly curated for you. I like mm-hmm. that, that's the problem with social media now is basically say here is your viewpoint. I'm handed to you through a phone or on a TV mm. show. You have to realize that every show has a writer, and every writer is this show has been funded by somebody, and it's actually good that we realize that um, everybody's kind of trying to explain and validate their own beliefs and feelings. Mm-hmm. And what we need to do is then grab that tension, say, okay, well, I don't really believe with every all of that stuff. I actually need to maybe get some counsel. Hey, you know, you know, maybe talking to a pastor or a good friend, your growth group, whatever, and just say, yeah. what do you think about this theme? And what what scripture should I, you know, that kind of growth, that critical thinking is so much better than just saying, I'm a this channel person and I'm a this channel person. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think we do need to watch. It's good to have encouraging things come in, but you, you have to critically think at some point. I think what I just heard you say, just to clarify too, is just that, hey, as Christians, one of the things that we ought not to do is just watch things passively. Yeah. Like we need to have a yeah. critical eye. We need to yeah. be able to sit down and say, 
what am I actually, you know, what's the intake right now? What am I actually viewing? And what are they trying to accomplish here? Because um, I, I do think that we mentioned at the beginning, a lot of us just distract ourselves by sitting in front of the TV or a tablet and just like, I just want to check out for a little bit and not think about things. Yeah, yeah I, I would piggyback off that. I mean, there's a lot to be said about like, hey, how do we, how are we um, in the culture without being of the culture, without being yeah. conformed? And I think you you totally said it's perfect right there is like, hey, as Christians, we're forced to engage with the culture. And so the way we do this is we just realize that everything is preaching to us. Every, mm-hmm. every music, uh, album, every music video, every series, every movie, everything has a worldview that it's sharing. And our job mm-hmm. as Christians is to not just go into kind of like entertainment mode. I'm, I'm pretty sure um, even that the Greek word amuse kind of has this idea of like turning your brain off mm. uh, when we should do the opposite. We should, it's, it's fine for us to watch these things and, and to be involved, but we should kind of hear like, what is this preaching? What is this saying? How does this interact with the gospel? And I think it's kind of like, it teaches us how to how to learn, how to communicate. I, I always think it's, it's a, we're doing ourselves a little bit of a disservice if we completely go like the monk way and go away from all this stuff because it just hurts us and how to, kind of engage with, with, with other people. Right. And so um, right. I don't think we need things outside of of the gospel to, to share the gospel, but it does do us a disservice. We see Paul do this, right? Like I became all things to all people. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think there's also a line though. Like I wouldn't encourage people to watch something like Game of Thrones so they can get into their Game of Thrones friend group and share the gospel. Uh, I think discernment still plays something there. I think, I think what's important is to be able to answer the questions that society is going to be asking. Like yeah. Right now everybody's asking like, what is justice? Yeah. Right, you know? Uh, we read that book, just to plug that book, uh, Plugged In by Daniel Strange. But talk about how for years, the, you know, the world might have been saying, well, what about this? What about this? And Christians were just saying, did you know Jesus wants to be your friend? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, we have to be able to answer their questions. That comes from critically thinking and from applying scripture and really yeah. thinking like, you know, how would I take this and p- help people realize where the true hope is? Yeah. It's really an age-old question as far as how much to engage in culture and still maintain your personal holiness, to maintain your convictions. And that's something that I think will continue to be a struggle for us as as engaged cultural kind of missionaries to the culture. Um, uh, I know that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm almost 40. That's still something I think about all the time. It's like, am I, why am I watching this? Why am I reading this? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it for personal enjoyment? Is it because it's just fun? Or is it to be intentional about my engagement with my neighbor because I want to know what they're knowing and what they're into? Yeah, just be careful. I think on like, there's a difference between engaging and adopting. And I think yeah. as Christians, we have a spiritual heritage. And so like, hey, are you engrossed in your own heritage? Are you spending your time in the word? You know, like what your what your father thinks. And then once you have that, yeah. it's a lot easier to go and engage without adopting all these things. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the future of the MCU? You excited for the stuff coming up? I'm kind of in that place again of like, Oh man, you're gonna have to really win me over to dive and bring me to this show. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm just so saturated right now. Yeah. You know? But then I saw a preview for you know Winter Soldier one, and it showed they're kind of like banter back and forth. Yeah. Like, oh, I like a good banter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous, man. I mean, I'm, I'm they they're gonna you're make ner- money. I they're love gonna... how Brian's like, it's so high stakes. You're nervous. <laughs> yeah, it. I'm yeah. terrified. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. But I I don't know. We'll we'll see. I thought I had high hopes for one division. Again, it's good, but there's just some things in there that were so tacky. So like. Felt like I was watching Agents of Shield at times when they were in the sword stuff. I thought it was so stupid. That Some people love Agents of Shield, and they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad show. Uh, but I thought it was so dumb that they made the director this like cartoon villain out of nowhere. He's the hero. Yeah. One of Maximoff's a bad guy, sure. and so they have yeah. him shoot some kids so people know he's a bad guy. No, no, that was dumb. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the future. Wow, <laughs> yeah. wow. I don't know. We'll see. I'm. I, 
Excited for Doctor Strange. Side note, side note, I do appreciate the the agent, the Asian agent guy. Uh, what's his name? Jimmy uh, Woo. Jimmy Woo. He was he was kind of fun. He was in Always Be My Maybe, which was a you don't like him either. No, I a fellow Randall youth Park's fellow awesome. youth pastor man, fellow youth pastor. I know, yeah, he did. Yeah. Was he? What, what's this? In, so in, in Ant Man, he had a great little line where like the guy was. I think uh, Paul Rudd was like, "You're just so great with kids." He's like, "Yeah, I'm a part time youth pastor on the side." <laughs> and, like, that's amazing. It was a, I, it was a great job. You know, I only saw the second one. I didn't see the first one. The first yeah. one's way better than the second. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's yeah. really good. I really like Randall Park, Asian Jim, and yeah. I think he's really Asian great Jim, in, that's right. <laughs> in Ant-Man. I just thought they made him kind of like, I don't know, a little, a little too corny, but he, he's cool. I hope he still has a really good role. Like he can be the next Nick Coulson, like you said, or something. Yeah. He's yeah. a very likable For person. sure. He's the most yeah. likable dude in Hollywood right now. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a big statement. Well, somebody said that. We should probably just end on that. But. Okay. Well, that was, yeah. curated. that was curated for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've adopted it. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, thanks for being here today. Appreciate your time and, and talking about WandaVision. And, yeah, hopefully uh, for those of you listening, uh, this is helpful to just even as we continue to engage in culture and think through, yeah, what does the Bible have to say about these things? And God certainly cares about what we watch and how we, how we think about them. So thanks for being here, guys. All right. Well, we're out of time. But thanks for joining us for our podcast, Footnotes. Be sure to subscribe, and we'd also appreciate you sharing this resource with others and even leaving us a favorable review if you feel so inclined. So until next time, Foothill, peace be with you. Next episode, Justice League, right? Oh, uh, Snyder Cut? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, we'll see.